you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Tom Brady, as a 24-year-old, got his moment in that situation, right? And now here, Jared Goff is the youngest NFC champion, 24 years of age. Is he ready to take that torch? Todd Gurley, the single back with Goff in the shotgun. Play clock at two as he takes this snap, second and ten. Off his back foot, he throws a ball right side. It's intercepted at the five-yard line. A ball intended for Brandon Cooks that Goff put up for grabs, and it's picked by Stephon Gilmore. David. Football. Football David. The Dave Damashek Football Program. Available on Apple Podcasts and at NFL.com slash DDFP. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. First things first. Jared Goff, that's, that was that was that wasn't cool of you, Eddie Spaghetti behind the glass. Yes, you summoned JB Long's noise before the game when Handsome Hank threw a hypothetical at him, and then the reality of that pick with four minutes left in the game. However, let history remember, which it won't, that the play before that, Brandon Cooks dropped one right in the breadbasket that would have made Jared Goff. A would-be hero. So either way, hi and hello, and welcome to the Dave Damashek Football Program. We're back from Atlanta, GA. Super Bowl 53 is committed to history. 13-3? Very strange. Let's get into it. We have coming up some sound that I got in the postgame with one Heinz Ward. He had some begrudging praise for the Patriots and uh, what that could mean for the team that he used to play for. We also caught up with number 55. The Cleveland Browns legend Willie McGinnis also had a thing to do with the Patriots dynasty. And uh, we'll also talk with a guy who could have been the MVP of the game. Uh, the uh, the punter from the uh, from the Patriots, Brian Allen. So all that's still to come here. But seated to my immediate left, the guy who we missed immeasurably at our annual sit down tour across football America, especially at the Super Bowl. Handsome Hank and I did break bread. We had a delicious steak, but we missed one half of the greatest radio team in all the land. The guy who is one half of Game Theory and Money here at NFL Media. I don't right. iHeartRadio, I I mean, uh, download the podcast if you aren't fortunate enough to listen to them live on AM 570. It's Matt Money Smith, everybody. Okay. Yeah, he doesn't want to hear it. Yeah. Let's, let's, uh, let's. I missed the culinary conference. That's all I missed, though, by the way. That is all I missed about Super Bowl. Ah, you. It's so fun. What's, 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 what, who are you to not enjoy more. it? It's what's the, not to enjoy? What's not to enjoy? Sitting and trying to do a radio show on Radio Row. That does stink. When for four hours and just being constantly peppered because your partner's back in L.A. So when you're not talking and you're sitting at a table for four straight hours, someone coming up to you and saying, I've got Sean Springs. He's talking about Poland spring water. Do you want him? I'm on the air. 
I'm on the air for four hours. All right. I, I get it. I, it does. You, uh, Matt Money Smith, Yeoman's work, uh, always at the Super Bowl. Media Row, we do all the Oh, and the how interviews. about the guy to the right of me, by the way, who's wearing a satin jacket that says, like, 104.9 The Eagle, who's bleeding into my microphone, and he's screaming at the guy he's doing a show with, you're going to tell me. Right now in this spot, that your vote for MVP is Josh Reynolds. Stupidest thing I've ever heard. That's that's the other two hours of what you get to deal with. You've lost touch with the people, money. I have. What what, what would eleven year old Matt that. Money Smith? What would Matt Money say? Hey, let me let me give you a hypothetical eleven year old Matt Money Smith. All right. You're gonna get the talk with the glitterati from pro football all week long. Hey, I, I don't care. Call me a jock sniffer if you must. It's not You're a jock sniffer. I am not a jock sniffer. <laughs> you just record. said call me one. I know. You I one. did. I did. Cut that from the show. <laughs> I, don't want that. I don't want that. I don't want that out there. Um. No. I listen. I, it's crazy to me, and I don't care if it makes it if it's uh, it's okay. I if it's it. saccharine or whatever, I, I can't believe I get I to get run around on this field. I got I'm on the Super Bowl field. I'm just an angry. I'm an angry old man. I guess it's the best. It's hey the Von Miller. Outweigh. Hey, what's happening, Von Miller? Um, hey, by the way, you do have to go back before the Super Bowl. Two of my very favorite things annually and immodestly when I go to media night and I talk to players and coaches on both sides and I ask them if it was a must win game. I love that. And then uh, on uh, at the red carpet at NFL Honors, the eve of the Super Bowl. I like to uh, glad hand with not just uh, football glitterati, but also Hollywood. We caught up with John Hamm, a.k.a. Don Draper, and asked him who would Don Draper have rooted for, the Giants or the Jets, in 1969. That's a good question. That is that, a great question. That's clever. That is a great question. I give myself credit for that good question. Um, also, we played Dream Maker for one Paul Rudd. He is a Chiefs fan, but he also grew up a Steelers fan. We're kibitzing about that, and he legitimately knows. He knew Ouija Thompson from the mid-'80s Steelers and everything else. And right while we're doing this— I watched the video. Right as we're Franco Harris walks up, and he turned into an 11-year-old uh, himself. So it was a—anyway, uh, all those videos, I bring that it up uh, to praise myself. No, to uh, to encourage you, nay, demand that you go back and watch them. NFL.com slash DDFP. A lot of good times down there uh, chopping it up. I enjoyed it. I don't care what Matt Clearly you enjoyed it. Hey, okay, you, listen, you got okay. your things. Your things are great. You do the media night, and it's funny, and it's, it makes for great entertainment. You hand out the uncomfortable gifts at the NFL Honors, another great video. I seem like a dummy. That's right. I'm, I'm a no, fan who gets to be at the games. Instead, get- of, instead of yelling about how a game that nobody knows, clearly – Absolutely nobody knew how this game was going to look. Instead of screaming all week about how this game is going to look and who's going to win, you entertain the people. You embrace all the celebrities and athletes that descend upon Atlanta. Don't you patronize me. I'm not. Me. I do have to. That's the approach thanks, everyone though. should take. I will, we'll get into this game, but I do have to I do have to um, thank Matt Money Smith here publicly. I mentioned AM570, the great Petros and Money show. Um, I got to sit in. Petros was out that day, and so Money and I were in there, and it occurred to me, and then I told this to your boss who I ran into in Atlanta. Um, he already was aware of this fact, as I'm sure Matt Money Smith is. Isn't it interesting? Petros and Money, because I've been around kind of your rise, you're not a successful radio host. You are an institution in oh, Los Angeles. I'm, Don't stop me. It's embarrassing. Spaghetti, is that right or no? 
I, How long have you been doing it? 15 years? This is year 13. A quarter century from now or more, people will look back and say, did you ever know, you know, Petros and Money? Oh, I grew up listening to that. You're you're an institution Weird. in the entertainment capital of the world. That's remarkable stuff, and uh, kudos you. to you, Matt. Yeah, we're very and, lucky. And as I said uh, sincerely to Willie McGinnis and Maurice Jones-Drew, thank you, Matt Money-Smith, all season long, because you make the show immeasurably better, because if it was just this dope, waxing recklessly with my <laughs> speculation it would hardly be compelling stuff, but you guys Thank legitimized you. the show. Love being here, Shaq. By a scooch. Now, 13 to 3. What kind of score is that? Garbage. Did you think it was a bum Super Bowl? Yes. Uh, well, I'll, I'll say this. I, I found it, and, and I guess I kind of had like a little bit of an investment in the Patriots because I watched them completely destroy the Chargers and just wreck every positive attribute that offense had all season long. So I was interested, especially after they did it to the Chiefs for a half, to see if they could pull off the trifecta and do it again. I mean, those are probably three, you can certainly say top 10. I'd say probably three top seven offenses from Mm -hmm. the season. And Melvin Gordon couldn't run the ball. And Damian Williams couldn't run the ball. And they held the Chargers to seven and had a 21-point lead at the half. They shut out the Chiefs and they shut out the Rams. I mean, Bill Belichick, is he's a football genius. And we keep saying it. And I think to ever question that is just, it's crazy. You, You saw the makings of it in the divisional round. And then it confirmed what you thought, okay, he was holding everything back. And then, of course, it was solidified in the Super Bowl. Yeah, he's he's going to screw with your quarterback's head no matter if he's the savvy vet Phillip Rivers, if he's the wonderkin Pat Mahomes, and clearly if he is the supremely overmatched Jared Goff. Um, so from that standpoint, I did enjoy it. Um, I, I enjoy defensive football, and I also enjoy seeing James Devlin a fullback with Sony Michelle running freaking power and blowing up and Dominican Sue on the first play of the game. That that did really kind of get me going. Watching Sue fly through untouched and Devlin levels his ass. Well, the other Michelle side runs. of that coin is I said morning of and I had been saying for two weeks, I think Indomitian Sue is the X factor of this game. And Indomitian Sue now playing for a contract, no longer uh, playing hero, seeing who can get more sacks between him and Aaron Donald and the rest of the fellas, really was the difference maker for the Rams in January versus the regular season, which the premise of that was number 30, number 30, number 30, set up play action. And as we jump into it, I do think it's worth uh, stating the fact this big debate that has emerged in full throat. I mean, it was already going a lot of speculation. Is Todd Gurley right? And so on and so forth. Let me say for the record, money. Do we really buy that money showing me the, uh, the show? I want you to watch this move. All right. I know. I'm, I'm not saying he was debilitated. This. I didn't say he. No, I want you to watch this move. All right. You I'm cannot at... plant your foot. I get it. Bang. And cut back like that. And then explode like that if you're hurt. Okay. You can't. I get you it. You can't. Dan Orlovsky, I inserted myself, as I usually do pretentiously, into a conversation b- between football players who certainly know better than I. But... Um, Dan Orlovsky, our pal Will Blackman, our pal Jeff Schwartz, great catching up with him at the Super Bowl, um, all seem to be on the side that obviously Gurley was fine. What are you talking about? So you mean to tell me, Matt Money Smith, Mm -hmm. and all you smarts who played in pro football, you mean to tell me that Todd Gurley, the entire offense, runs through 30 for the full season at least until 30 goes down with the knee injury. This is a guy, by the way, Todd Gurley, Two knee injuries at Georgia, at least. A knee injury in the NFL. You're, now he's fine. I mean, are you asking Now he's he, fine when he, he has a knee injury again? No, he wasn't 100%, but he could play. 
I, I don't know what's I didn't going say he on. Play. No, no, I don't know what's going on. Well, there's there's a couple things I guess that that I think, and I'm trying to find one other the the other the play that the holding call was on. I that's um, exactly right. Well, that's a, and by the way, his jump cut there is explosive. It's it's an explosive jump cut. And when I saw it, I was like, what are you doing, McVeigh? Why is he not in on every freaking carry? Because you can see just in those two plays, watch that jump yep. cut, bang, yep. and then plants the foot and goes. He's fine. He to me, when I watch those two plays, I'm like, he's fine. So what I think, what do you what do we always hear about New England? What what is Bill Belichick gonna do? What okay. Have, what have, no, I'm just saying. What do we say? Okay, oh, but I have a response. He so, takes away your number one. In this game, he didn't take away your number one. He took away their number one play. And that's what I found so impressive. He took out outside zone. And when he lined up all six of those guys on the line, something he had not done all season and played zone behind them, because what they always say, oh, we're not going to let you beat us over the top. Where He said, you're not going to run. You want to take your shots downfield, go ahead. But you will not run outside zone to the weak side on me, so figure it out. And McVay couldn't. And I that re- rendered I Gurley to this. As is, you know, I am overmatched uh, going X's and O's against Matt Money Smith no, or not. any football guy, but any football player. But I am still going to go into this abyss understanding that I'm very likely to lose. They, the, the Rams offense, in a world of shotguns, 21st century NFL. Every team runs gun more than half the time by a lot. The LA Rams in 2018 ran under center for two thirds of their offensive snaps in the season. You could now you could say, well, listen, if that was Bill Belichick's team, they are chameleons. They do what they need to do to win a game. But is Sean McVay really going to go into the Super Bowl and say, yeah, we're going to go gun this game now? Is is that what they're going to do? Because that's what they should have done on some level. It makes sense because the thing that got Goff in this one, so he's up under center the whole game. And as he turns for the play action, which they're dependent on, number 30 is their best player. They're wide receivers. Yes, Brandon Cooks has uh, the high-end speed, but is any one of them capable of winning one-on-one matchups without some play action against Belichick's defense? I don't think they are, especially um, Gilmore taking the taking your number one option in the passing game away. You have to be able to seduce the defense to play you. I think Brian Flores, who maybe deserves more credit or maybe than Belichick, or maybe he doesn't. I don't know. I don't I, know who's doing am it. Am I going to buy that? I just that always job? assume it's Belichick. Bucky Brooks is like, ah, he hasn't gotten enough uh, credit. Well, give it to him. I don't know who does it. If he designed it and they went to a defense that I did not see from this team all year, all and and you might who knows? It might be multiple years when they went 4-0 on that line and you've got both Van Noy and Hightower or and basically Roberts at times. They look like they're rushing. They weren't running stunts with two guys. They're running with three. Wow. They're looping and twisting and golf. And like, this is what, and I'll just get into it now. And I know you'll probably push back, but because I've been wearing it from Rams fans here in LA, I don't want to hear about Goff should have thrown that ball earlier or he missed a wide open Brandon Cooks. You know why he missed Brandon Cooks? Because he didn't know what the hell he was looking at. I the agree. whole game long, so he was running for other. his life. But that's, that's what drives me crazy. Well, if he'd have just let that go a little bit earlier, if he'd have thrown it a little bit harder. There was no letting it go earlier. There was no throwing it harder. because Yes, he had there no, was. He had no idea he was open. The second, he didn't even know he was there. Drill ne- the throw. He, ne- it he was, never looked at him. It was, was something never, his like. His eyes were never there. I got you. But there was some. I'm just saying, just in a physical sense. I'm not talking about reading the defense. Here's the here's the issue. His whole game is based on the play action. This I'm guessing that Belichick and Flores, whoever deserves the credit for it, 
called called his uh uh you know his, his uh, fame there that, that uh sean mcveigh said we must we have no chance in this game if we can't get the Patriots defense to jump up on on Gurley and respect him a little bit all game long from what I could see. And I haven't gone back and watched the game, but I was watching it on high up there. And um, it seemed to me that they kept break. It looked like if you look at the line of scrimmage on the Rams off uh, on the Rams snaps, it looks to me like there's they six keep- guys there. Right, including a safety. They keep bringing that safety up. Either Patrick up. Chung or Van Noy. Or they, they, and then I mean, watch, but then watch when the ball is snapped. You have no they, idea where the pressure's coming. But they also run that safety straight sure. back. Well, that's that's the, the zone cloud, they're running. Right. And all season long, they ran man. They rushed four. They ran man. That's why they, I think they, they were either dead last or, well, no, the Raiders were dead last. We've never seen a sack total like that in the history of football. But I think they had maybe... I don't know what their sack totals were. It might have been like 21 sacks or something. It was bad. And then all of a sudden the playoffs come and everything changes. And that's the brilliance. It of really Belichick. is crazy. And by the way, as a side note, maybe we'll have a second to kibitz about it. Are we really going to be duped by yet another assistant? Is this is that I mean, maybe uh, Brian Flores, I would give him the benefit of the doubt, except Matt Patricia and except Josh McDaniels in Denver and except Chaz Weiss in Notre Dame. And the list goes on and on. Um, it's remarkable either, how bad the tree is. Either it way, is remarkable. whoever is responsible for it. Here's what I think happened. I think that. You know, as Gurley comes back, do we really believe like how how naive am I supposed to be that Todd Gurley has to sit down from the bum knee um, and then they they have to bring in C.J. Anderson and C.J. Anderson goes in and is a nice little surprise for them. Do we think Sean McVay at some point realized, you know what, I should really split carries between the the greatest home run hitter in pro football 2018. Uh, I'm going to split him with the fat guy who wasn't doing anything. But a maybe couple they weeks felt, ago. maybe they, you know, I, I guess my retort to that is maybe they were drinking their own Kool-Aid. Maybe they looked at that game against the, uh, against the 49ers and the game against the Cardinals, the two that he's averaging 160 yards and they're running a lot of inside zone now. And they're running a lot of 22 personnel. And they're like, Oh, maybe, maybe this is the way we should do it. And then it was successful again, the Cowboys, but like, it wasn't successful by their measure. It wasn't the way well, the those Rams three games. It was those three games. It was against the saints. It unraveled, mm-hmm. you know, the running game was not what it was. So, but for those three games, in a row, C.J. Anderson, and just like that's what's so funny, right? So in that Cowboys game, when everyone was celebrating Sean McVay, ah, oh, he's a genius. He, they, they thought he was going to take the top off, and instead he just ran it down their throats. He ran that same weak side, outside zone play. Like, I mean, I'm exaggerating, but I don't know what the number is. It's got to be close to 50 times. I think they ran like 90 plays. I think 50 of them were that same run. And so Belichick's just like, okay, well, guess what? You're not going to do that. Well, you can do anything else, but clearly that's what you want to do. So I'm taking that away and then you can figure it out from there. And but I also okay. and I think that's why that you probably saw some C.J. Anderson is they were like, all right, he's maybe a better option to run in the A and B gaps than Gurley, which is stupid. I mean, he's not. They, 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 the answer to that is no, he's no, he's not. Gur- Gurley's still better. He's still your better option there. And where are the screen passes to Gurley? Like, that's that's what I can't figure out. Maybe number 30 isn't uh, 100%. I'm not saying that Gurley shouldn't have been on the field. 
Ladanian Tomlinson. I have two. I have two historical references from two of our colleagues here. Ladanian Tomlinson in that AFC title game years ago, up in Foxborough. The I mean, the uh, Chargers were arguably the superior team as usual. When Patriots win playoff games, we look back and say, "How'd they do it?" Phil Rivers had the uh, torn ACL. He went. He was able to go. Right. Ladanian Tomlinson. I've asked him about that, and I said you, you, on the DDFP, as a matter of fact, and I said. Um, LT, you've gotten a lot of heat over the years for that, um, for not going in that game or for only playing that first series or whatever it was. He said, he's like, Dave, you know how LT talked. Oh, yeah. Dave, I wanted to go more than anything else. But we got – uh, Phil swung me the ball out there in some space on the left side, and um, generally I housed that ball. Where he, where he put – where he gave me the ball there, I should have uh, – it should have been a 20-yard play easy. But Teddy Bruschi caught me from behind, and I said, I'm hurting the team. I'm out here essentially to play decoy today, but now they have exposed the fact that I can't run at all. Ergo, they're better off without me, so I, so I sat down. Se- next one. Next one. Okay. Terrell Davis. Severe migraine. Yeah, it was a, he got a migraine. So he couldn't go. You know, he, was, he didn't know where he was, really, before the Advil kicked in, came back in the second half and gashed the great Packers defense. However, in that second quarter, there's a play, the TD, um, and I have sat down and reviewed specifically, and he says, watch me on this play. They're at the goal line. You may recall that Elway um, runs play action, boots it out to the right, and walks into the end zone. Why? Because... Um, because TD, they tur- because Elway turns to hand him the ball, and you watch TD run into space and and not know even really where he is out on the play. I mean, you can really see him kind of like half speeding it and everything else. If you take away Todd Gurley going into the game, yeah, he's banged up. We can't really roll with him. If you do that, and you can see coming into the game that yeah, he's he ain't right. I think Brian Flores and Bill Belichick. Played the played the decoy and said we're gonna decoy the, your attempt to decoy us. We know that Gurley ain't right. What whatever the Saints or what the, whatever the Cowboys failed to pick up on, we're not gonna take that same cheese and we will play your game. Okay, you're gonna put 16 under center as you have. And by the way, that's the Rams' offense all season. Like I was saying, everybody else goes gun. The only other team to run more. Wait, than wait, 50- I'm gonna stop you there. I just wanna say the only other team to run under center more than 50 percent of its offensive snaps. Uh-huh. The New England Patriots. They ran two-thirds of their right. offensive plays under center. Of course, you can't all of a sudden say, hey, Goff, go gun so you can see the pass rush. The kid was turning around. They weren't taking the cheese. They were heating him up. When he turned around all season long, he looks up from his turning his back to the defense, play action to the home run hitter, looks up, he has a clean pocket, and he, and he picks where he wants to go. This game, he turned around, and there were a bunch of white jerseys. So whose fault uh, is that? What do you mean? Whose fault is that? Whose fault is that? I don't know whose fault. It's Sean McVay's. I guess, but how how are you not going to prepare to have to adjust in the middle of the freaking Super Bowl when Bill Belichick has two weeks to get ready for you? You know the meticulous nature of his preparation, and you know everything you think he's going to do is probably the exact opposite of what he's going to do. And Belichick was clearly ready for that. And he will. And that's why you saw those two perfect passes late in the game to Gronk, because he sat on him the whole time. He and McDaniels. And it was just like Mick and Rocky. And it's like now. And there it is. And it's wide Ah. open. And that's that's what they do. I mean, last year was so impressive for Doug Peterson and Nick Foles, because they basically just showed up with no clothes on and went, hey, 
we don't care. Here we are, and guess what we're going to do? We're going to throw it around. Everything you think we're going to do is not going to happen. We're taking huge shots. We're throwing haymakers. And if we get tired out because we miss with all of them, so be it. But we cannot play the way that you have seen us play all season long. That's why there were trick plays, and it looked nothing like you saw all season. And McVay's... I saw it in the first two plays that because he always runs that play action Higby tight end drag tight to the line. And as soon as it happened and I watched that safety and linebacker run right with him and you could see it in Jared Goff's face. He's expecting it to be wide open. He's been wide open all season long and it was just O.S. Mm-hmm. and just threw it away. And it's like, ain't happening today, Sean. Your, your fancy little book, you know, that, uh, that old Red Bayou or whatever his name was decided to take away with all your plays. It ain't going to work today. And, and, that's, and, and I know that that's what you're supposed to do, that great leaders take responsibility. But that's exactly what happened. He got his ass out coached by a mile. I just want to know, the thing, the thing that I thought was defense versus take, his offense, I should say. I thought the Chiefs would win because they could win the one-on-one matchups. And I thought so that I. Andy Reid would be able to expose. I thought he would take Sammy Watkins and ride that all day. And in the second half, that's kind of what he did. You know, he kind of said, well, we're not going to finally adjust Tyree yeah. Hill and Kelsey. We're going to, we, we have a high end pass catcher in Watkins and, and he shall make our hay for us. And they just about got it done. And by the way, as a side note, I've been saying this for two weeks too. The thing that's the bummer, is that and, and I talked to, uh, you know, I talked to some of the saints and they think, well, people know what happened. The, the, this is the this is the harsh reality. The same thing is for Jared Goff after the game and everybody praising him. Hey, the kid will only get better from this experience. I don't know, maybe, Why? maybe he will. I don't know. We positive to getting it, it getting shamed like that essentially is going to make you better. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he'll rise and it will, um, you know, maybe he, he's got the metal to, to overcome this now, but that's not a guarantee. It's not like everybody overcomes adversity, but anyway, perhaps Jared Goff will, um, so think- here's here's the play we're talking about, right? This is the this is the play that everyone says, "Oh, if only he'd have thrown it a little bit sooner." It's not that I, I it's not. No, 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 I'm just saying. I, I, did, I think this in is in worth- the moment. I thought, what was he doing? He's wide yeah, open there. So- and by the way, the th- the throw to to uh, Keenan Reynolds that maybe sh- or was that Josh Keenan? Reynolds? Oh, I'm sorry to yeah. uh, to Josh Reynolds um, along the sideline. Was that who it was, or was that who, who or is that Robert Woods? Robert Woods, the big completion. Yeah, yes, the, that, the was toe tap. Yeah. that was Woods. That was Woods. That was Woods. I feel like, um, I mean, I don't think he was in bounds. And uh, first of all, right, right? Did the replay show he was in bounds or no? Because I haven't looked. He was not. And they got the snap off. They got the snap off. They couldn't get the snap because he only had the and one time like out. Two or three yards the next play after. And Belichick actually kept the red flag in his pocket. So, because he only had that one T.O. left and it was borderline. And so they quick snapped him. Here's your six guys on the line, right? And, and that's what Goff sees. He's got Anderson back here, single back. There's your tight end and your bunch formation that they like to run one-on-one with Stephon Gilmore and Brandon Cooks. All right? So he suspects that Hightower, who's lined out wide, is going to come up as he has for the majority of the game. Instead, as soon as he snaps, he's basically a one-read quarterback in this play. He fakes the handoff. That's he looks up and boom, he's like, oh, S, that's covered. And by the time he gets through his progression, it's too late because he doesn't know what's coming at him because they threw five at him, but dropped Hightower. I think we basically just, are agreeing. Yeah, I think I, we're basically yeah. I do think on that throw that he didn't. I'm, I'm just talking strictly. He was just looking to throw that mechanical based throw. on. Yeah, based on what the front shown to him was, he assumed that screen was going to be wide. I'm going to dump it off to CJ instead. Hightower drops out and he's stuck. And he that's. Seemed 
seemed, I agree. He seemed hesitant. And however you want to write, yeah. it was confusion. Him running through his exactly. progressions is what gave the sense that he, but even on that sideline through, he was late on that one too. Yeah. To the naked eye, you thought. Because he was late all game he's long. Wide, he's wide open. He's wide, was, uh, right. Oh, now, he, now it's too. Oh, he, right. oh, they gave him that catch. All right. Well, good for That's, the kid I there. just hate that. I hate that whole. Oh, if he, he's not back there patting the ball like, come on, come no, on. No, that's not face. how it works. I'm not. I'm, what I'm saying about the, the cooks at the back of the end zone play that McCourty rightly deserves yeah. a lot of credit for making is that if Goff throws his best fastball there, whatever else was going on in the play, I think it's a touchdown. That's all I'm saying. He didn't. I think that ball. And again, you guys have seen the replays. Tell me if I'm wrong. It felt to me like that ball fluttered a bit. I was I mean, I watched it with the naked eye. That I was mean, just not a, a he heater. Un, if you watch, he, he uncorks it. It's not like he doesn't throw it. He just sees it too late. He's just locked in on Anderson too long. And by the time, see how, I mean, he lets it fly. He He's he's not a beat late. He's a second late. Uh-huh. And it's a, it's a remarkable play by McCourty. I mean, that's that's the thing that's sad is, is that that's what gets lost is how great of a freaking recovery and just the explosion to get there by McCourty was. Well, it's the point I make about golf and it's the point I make to, uh, you know, the Saints guys who are like, well, history will remember that we really should have been in this Super Bowl. And so it's a shame for our fans because everybody knows that and there will be an asterisk. Yeah. No, there won't. People get over that stuff. Yes, people still invoke the tuck rule, but nobody says like, yeah, but you really should. That first Super Bowl really shouldn't count. Nobody does that anymore. People move real fast. Another good point about that that is more recent. Two weeks plus ago now um, in Arrowhead, Tom Brady emerges from overtime and people say, man, the GOAT. How nails was he in that overtime? Yes, he was nails, and he was stroking those throws to his pal Edelman when it counted most. However, D. Ford, history, right. Hit right. And no and, and I, I feel bad for Chiefs fans who say, Man, D Ford, uh, we should have been no one's gonna remember that outside of KC fans five years from now, or it will be a minor blip. But if D Ford for it's the a damn record shame is what it is. Let it show. Let the record show that if shame. D Ford's hand isn't uh, over the line of scrimmage, not only did the Chiefs do it and vanquish the Patriots, the narrative coming out of this season would be Tom Brady may still be the GOAT, but Father Time remains undefeated because Tom Brady just went one touch down three picks in the big moment against the uh, against a bad Chiefs right. defense and were it not for a phantom roughing the pass or whatever that call was um, in uh, preceding that and D Ford lining up offside nobody cares anymore it's over Tom Brady is the goat that's it and by the way can I also say this as a side note Oh, spaghetti. You got to get that as a drop. In fact, I want you to do it. Tom Brady, did you see money that he told me he loved me? He, I did not see that. I yeah. saw you yelling at him. What? I didn't yell at him. We had a conversation, me and Tom. You know, we locked eyes and we and we kibbed. That's, I feel like that may be embellishing a little bit no. based on the video evidence no. I was able to. In, in, no, I mean, I don't know what you saw, but I mean, I don't know what weird camera tricks you were playing. I mean, imagine if you were like in the NBA's Western Conference, right? Right. And okay. you're only like four games out of first place, but in between you and first place are 13 other teams. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the way I would describe it is between you and first place, Tom Brady, were like 13 other people that you were yelling through. <laughs> and, um, I didn't know. I hope that's an analogy that that makes sense. I I feel like, you know, I didn't. Did did you, are you guys surprised how (laughs) jealous he is? I'm sorry. Sorry, man. (laughs) I'm sure Phil Rivers or one of the, one of your chargers. Loves you. I'm sure 
No, I brought you up. They like you, but I mean that's besides the point. They they ain't Super Bowl champs this year. Tom Brady loves this fella here. Come on. <laughs> Come on, money. You're better. I did like in the moment with Paul Rudd is he's like, as you said, wide eyed, like a child meeting his hero. And you turn around and go, Hey, it's my dad. Oh, it's my dad. Look, I want you to meet my dad. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh my god. Look what I just jumped in the middle of. <laughs> <laughs> further confusing Paul Rudd is how he's supposed to respond in that moment. Paul Rudd, Franco, like, wait, who are you? Right, it was so great. <laughs> My dad, who, what, who are you? Who do you think I am? Listen, I didn't know that girl. All right, <laughs> don't you put that on me. <laughs> Tom, well, Tom does know me well. That's all right, man. I love you. It's all good. See, Tom knows me well. Because uh, I, I like that. That's going to be a drop. I, I think really from now on, we don't need you or handsome or anyone else yeah, to say, uh, Tom, you know, Tom, Tom gets Dave. Listen, I find him. I find him charming. And yes, I, I it's chi- it's not chicken or the egg. Clearly, I know he is the legend. So when you see him. But by the way, statuesque in person, as is Jared Goff. You when you watch on TV, you watch your football heroes. When you're next to those QBs, you're like, oh, yeah, you're not like, oh, six round pick in his underpants guy like. Oh yeah, you're a big dude, Tom Brady. Yeah, like, let's, let's not act like you don't you don't cut a right. imposing figure. Um, but listen, they—I'll tell you—they they, all those guys on the page—they go on and on about what kind of guy Tom is. You know what? He's so what a what a generous man. What a great guy he is. How supportive he is. That is not some coincidence. They—I don't love, think you stick around that long, right? If you're not, I mean, I know if you're great, they'll tolerate you. But I think even that probably comes with an expiration date. Think about even, that. Even if you're great, they like 19 years. I don't think a, an organization puts up with someone for 19 years. You hear whispers about everybody. Like, right. uh, I mean, I like just, I mean, not, not, I'm not talking, you know, really cross the line stuff. Just like eh, behind the scenes, he's not as cool as he seems. Uh, he can be a little jerk. Yeah, he's kind of an arrogant guy. I've never heard boo about Tom Brady, and he's the most popular, the most famous guy in pro football. And uh, I mean, you know that that that. uh, And by the way, I'm gonna I'll get up on Mount Pius for a moment, or Mount Pius adjacent for a second. All these people, yes, I'm a Steelers fan. Of course, I wanted. I don't want the Patriots to match. I don't want one man. I don't want Tom Brady to have as many Lombardies as the proud Steelers organization has. I feel like a sham. All of a sudden, I, why do you this is what I've spent decades. Why do you feel like a sham? Because I have six. I don't think you get that. I got six. These, these guys, these, uh, the, you know, uh, all the Steelers. Oh, well, you don't have six. Like, yeah, no, no, you have two rings. I have six. I've been around the whole time. You came to the organization four years ago. I've been here all along, friend. I'm, I got my rings. You, you don't feel like they're two or maybe on a level above your six? Maybe. Yeah. Listen, uh, I don't for know. another day, right? I don't know who's more important to the Patriots, Tom Brady or uh, the special teams or to special Matthew teams. Slater. Well, he was good. That's a bad example. But uh, but either way, the point is that uh, I, it doesn't make me happy. However, I'm also not 11 years old. And therefore, you'd have to be really myopic. And again, I don't want to condescend to people. I get it. You watch it on TV and you hate them and you love your team. And that's that's the blend that uh, that hits you emotionally. And it hits me, too. I was devastated again by the Steelers. The Saints loss will haunt me for all my days. No, matter uh, you're already what over it. No, I'm not. You're sick over about it. it. I'm sick. Did about you it. see the numbers in New Orleans, by the way? Yeah, funny. Hilarious. I told I told Cam Jordan that and uh, Alvin Kamara to my face. I'm like, I don't want to hear about your, your like, we should have been here, Jive. We should have been in the playoffs, Cam Jordan, if you didn't get some bum calls uh, in week 16. What'd they say to that? He stared at me like he was going to beat me up. And I said, you know what? I'm not afraid of you. 
I was afraid of it. <laughs> um, it was the dead last major city. But I'll say this. With like a 25 I, rating compared to like a 45 in every that. other city. I think that's it is sustained. hilarious. I love that. But I will say this. And money, I know this is the kind of stuff like money. Like, of course, this is true. Every grown up understands this. No, they don't, money. Grown ups don't understand, understand. this. Because we're all, we're all deluded. As I say, ad nauseum, we fans are deluded. We, you know, it's a, they're wearing our team's, our city's jersey. And so, you know, we, we expect something from them, some emotional investment returned us and all of that um but i mean it, you, you'd really have to be a myopic weirdo to, to to stand there as the game ends or even in fact here uh, with five minutes to go i have to get down to the field so i so i leave um the luxury box that i was watching the game with whose luxury box well it was uh you know i was i was uh rubbing elbows with uh paul rudd the uh-huh. mentioned okay. and uh and uh that i mentioned john ham john ham he, he was up there yeah he was up you ham and rudd I mean, there were some other. I don't know who they were. I mean, they 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 were insignificant. You know, no nobody points. Just uh, some hangers on. Well, there were some other guys. There was the guy from Stranger Things, the sheriff guy, David. Love that uh, guy. Yeah, he's great. He's all, He was there. You know, but some other people who who aren't on TV or movies and so I'm like whatever they are. But but you know, like <laughs> how'd you get into that suite? Um, Amber Rudd. I had a badge and I just snuck in there. Is that what it was? You know what's weird is, oh, about, that, that's a story for another time. When you have that badge, it's just weird. walk Nobody in wherever qu- you want. No one questions. No. Hey, I'm going to just walk into this box. You walk now. with confidence. If I wanted to walk into Bob Kraft's box, I think I could have. Not that I'm looking to, but I'm just saying it's a little weird. But anyhow, um, I as I. You would not have been held up for uh, more high fives. That dude who was sitting next to him kept trying to high five him, and Kraft's like, I'm not high-fiving you. We're not doing that today. I felt so bad for that stiff I mean, in the shirt. I mean, listen, everybody was like, well, listen, he's a nice man who's done a great, uh, a lot of uh, lovely stuff for the city of Pittsburgh uh, and in its time of need this past autumn and everything else. He's nice. Also. Hey, they didn't move the Patriots to St. Louis. So don't forget about that, Boston fans. The Patriots were such an absolute abject failure in your city that had Bob Kraft not bought that team and recommitted himself and that team to staying in Boston when St. Louis was like, come on down. Here's a stadium. Here's a giant check. We're ready for you. There may be no Patriots in the city of Boston. Or Take in the that shot, New Victor Kayam. That's directed right, exactly. at you. Exactly, Victor Kayam with your commercial. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever hear the story about how Kraft got the Patriots and like the the previous owner? So. It was I I think Bill Burr who appeared on the ADFP told the story on one of his podcasts. Or he might have been joining a different podcast, but basically the old owner uh, had the rights to Michael Jackson's tour back in like the eighties when he and he was coming to the stadium, but Michael Jackson wanted the biggest stage because he was going head to head with Prince and the owner of the Pats was like, well we have to appease Michael Jordan to do this or whatever. Uh, and it cost way too much money, and he said no. And then Michael Jackson canceled the tour with those stadiums and did it with somewhere else. And he went like lost out his money, like went bankrupt, and that's why Kraft had to buy it all because of Michael Jackson. How about that? Yeah, good Whoa. little nugget there. Eddie. I might have to do an NFL on that one. What if Michael Jackson? If he builds the stage for Jackson, team never gets sold to Kraft and moves to freaking St. Louis, and, and they become the St. Louis Patriots. Where does Kurt Warner do his jazz? Where, do the Rams San not Antonio? move then? Right? I don't know. Because clearly the Rams were moving. I mean, Georgia was moving that team. Uh, that's a good one. 
Start digging around. By the way, where the Patriots dynasty started 17 years or so ago, whenever that was, uh, I talked to Kurt Warner. He is another one who buys in, a pro football player who buys in on the curse of Sposta. He said he was, I was talking to him about that, and he said, uh, this was on the, the Friday before the game, he said, uh, it, he said, you're absolutely right. And if you'll remember in 20, in 2001, 2002, because of 9-11, the games were back to back, week to week. There was no two-week um, break between the games. And he said, you know, I kind of wanted the Steelers because I thought that would be a good matchup. And I was feeling it. I thought we're, we're a would-be dynasty here and vanquishing the mighty Pittsburgh Steelers would only further entrench us as that dynasty. But then the Patriots won. I was like, all right, well, so we'll, we'll, we'll take care of that. But he said, by midweek, the noise was was completely one sided. It was like, well, now the Ram- this isn't a good Super Bowl. The Rams are going to smoke these uh, these Patriots. And he's like, as that starts to get to you, like, man, no one thinks the other. This is <laughs> right. this stinks. We're in a no win position here. We, we win do we what we have though. to do, or uh, or now then that gave me that really made me feel some pressure there, and uh, so so I thought that was uh, that was interesting. But like, anyway, like the Giants versus the Pats in 07. Same exact thing. That's exactly right. That's exactly what happened to the mighty Patriots. They got supposed to. Um, but those Patriots, let me just say this. So about five minutes left. I'm going down to the stadium. I'm down to the uh, to the field to to run out there. And um, the uh, I, I find myself standing next to a TV to see a couple of plays go on my way. And there are two guys, large guys in number 61 Cannon jerseys. And I say, oh, duh, he, he's obviously your brother. And they say, oh, you mean the guy, uh, the guy who's held Aaron Donald to zero sacks in the Super Bowl? Yep, that's us. And just then Gilmore picks the ball off and they go wild. It's impossible to be like, I hate your team. You know, like it's yeah. a, you, you would you would never do it. James Devlin. Well, giant, by the way, giant guy in person. My goodness, is he uh, deploy a fullback in NFL side teams. of beef? Get yeah. yourself a damn fullback and a tight end that can block already. But this guy, he's down there with his two little boys. They're little, uh, little uh, redhead little boys. Probably, I would guess two and three ish. I would say about that age. Uh, running around and they, you know, they don't know what the old man's doing, but they see him in his, uh, uh, you know, built up like a, a, neck roll. a warrior or whatever. Freaking yeah. Devlin wears a neck roll. How do and you not love that guy? He's, I mean, but Ivy League fullback wears a neck roll and blows up in Dominican Sue regularly throughout the Super Bowl. It's a, Freaking it, awesome. It was awesome, but his little boys, you know, they don't, they don't know, but he's rolling around, literally rolling around on the field on top of confetti. And uh, Tom Brady's up on the podium and getting whatever from the commission, all that. But James Devlin's rolling around with his little boys and they're laughing and they're loving it, chasing him around. And he's doing faux uh, falls for them and get, they're pushing him and he's falling to the ground and they're laughing and everything else. Then I turn around and Thune's mom is, uh, isn't, doesn't have a tear in her eye. Balling. Balling with pride. Like, well, what are you going to do? Yeah, I hate you guys. You guys, I, I, I wish you guys, yeah, I mean, as a fan, I hope you did. I, I wish the Steelers, I wish I was high five and Juju and whoever. By the way, in a game where, you know, because both defenses were so exceptional, uh, you can make a case that, that Joe Tooney had one of the most important individual plays of the entire contest. That pass that Brady threw to Gronk, he was locked up one-on-one on Aaron Donald. It was one of, I think, it might have been the only time that they had a one-on-one, and he was able to hold him up, and you can just see Donald swimming and his hand action. He's almost getting by him, and he ends up just getting one last push away from Brady before he, un- before he lets that thing fly to Gronk. Uh, I mean, that's like something where... 
I would invest in the highest resolution monitor and I would put a frame around it and that play would just be running on a loop in my foyer. <laughs> like you walk into my house and there it is. Oh, yeah, that's that's the best defensive lineman of our era. And uh, I had to lock him up one on one and it led to the biggest play of the game. And that's it. Uh, it's that's your guy right there. That's, uh, that's doing his business. It. And by the way, could you make a case that, first of all, let me I, I did catch up with uh, punter Brian Allen and said you could have really been the MVP. Oh, yeah. You're listening to Dave Damashek. Congratulations. You really could have been the MVP of the game. Did you think about that in the fourth quarter at all? Absolutely not. Uh, my job is to, I don't know when I'm going to go in and when my you know, job is going to be called upon, but um, I just love all, each and every one of these guys, and that was a team effort and a team win all the way around. What's it feel like to know, or has it hit you, that you're not just the world champ? You are a part of the greatest dynasty in American sports history, and it's impossible to argue it at this point. Uh, it's amazing. I am forever grateful to be a part of this organization these last six years and what I've learned and how I've grown from Bill's teachings to the way everybody carries themselves around this facility as mature professionals. And um, I, I can't, I, I can't be grateful enough. And uh, like I said, I love each and every one of these guys and these coaches and uh, we work really hard for this. We really I, do. I know you did and you made a monstrous difference. I know uh, you're being modest, but you really did make a monstrous difference in a low scoring game. Did Brady say anything that uh, motivated everybody at halftime or did Belichick? Uh, you know what, we just, I, I feel like everybody did a really good job of staying in their progression and the halftime is a little bit longer than normal and, uh, you know, we had a plan, everybody stuck to it and, you know, kept their eyes focused on their job and, I mean, that's how we operate here and, you know, things worked out. So, again, I love it. It's a crazy machine. Do you want to yep. do, uh, everybody does jersey swaps. I don't know if punters get to do it. Do you want to do a jersey swap with me? Uh, I'm good. I don't know. But really I mean, like, but I mean, it's like, you know. This is like a Steelers one. That'd be cool. No? Uh, I can't give this one up, unfortunately. Can't give it up. I got to give it to Steve. Okay. All right. No, congratulations, man. He really could have been the MVP, but Matt Slater also could. That would have been coverage. 13 to 3. In the coming off the 2018 season where 54-51, people didn't even wait till the game was over before it was declared. This is football now. And then the two months later, three months later, it's 13 to three final score. They should have done something. I know Edelman was uncoverable, basically. That's what makes me crazy about the Patriots, too. It's not I always say it's voodoo, but it's also so basic. Hey, run in the slot. You know, it's a choice route for you. And what are we gonna? We we've got to respect uh, Gronk. We got that 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 to death. We'll just do. It. James White was a non-factor, but yeah, jo- Jul- right. But Edelman in all three games, and it's and I think I think he certainly does it. Look, he is. I got to see it in the divisional game. We get there early, probably four hours before snap. We ride the early bus to get there. He was the only one on the field. Um, and he is just counting his steps. He's planting. He's working on his cuts, his whips, all of those. Only one out there. And I think it was it was just, you know, a, a quality control. Whoever it was was throwing in balls. I mean, for like an hour, he was the only guy on the field. So I do think we get enamored by speed and size and, you know, jumping for those 50-50 balls. But I do think, you know, that's one of the lost arts is those crisp, 
routes and just I know he's oh, he is in space crazy. every time. Do you see do you see a DB draped on him ever? He's no, always in he's space. Breaking ankles. Oh, he's like, yeah, right. That he, he's making he's breaking that ankles. He's not magically appearing in those spots. Yeah. He is beating somebody to always be open. Yeah, I think and it was funny watching Twitter in the moment, you know, as everybody was coming to this realization almost at the same time. Why don't time they cover Edelman? And think, well, just like the, I think Edelman's going to be the MVP of this guy. Edelman's going to be, you might be talking Edelman MVP, you know, because rarely does a wide receiver get it. And uh, there was, I don't think there was anyone else they could have given it to, right? 10 well, catches, no, 175 I, yards or whatever it was. I think you could have given it. You could have done something fun to acknowledge something different that would have acknowledged the way that game went. You could have given it to the Patriots offensive line. They, sure. I mean, Aaron Donald got zero. I, that was the entire reason I thought the Rams were going to win the game was because Indomitian Sue playing January Indomitian Sue plus the best defensive player of the 21st century equaled. I don't care about your interior offensive linemen. They're not going to be able to handle 99. Come on. That's or the defensive line. Or you give it to the, 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 you know, the defensive front, those six guys of the Patriots that just wrecked the highest potency offense in the NFL throughout the entire season. And, or, you know, some people were, were were touting Gilmore for that one. Anyway, I, I do think, though, uh, about the Brady thing, like, you know, everybody talks about, uh, you know, we just want to win. You know, every QB says that we just want to win the game. The thing that is unsaid about that is because every NFL QB has some some ego and Tom Brady is. I, I think he has an ego. Surely he knows. You listen to Willie McGinnis. You can tell. Obviously, Tom Brady isn't like, yeah, I stink. You know, like I'm lucky. I just have good players around me kind of thing. They all have big egos. What goes unsaid, but is implied is um, I just want to win. And. Because I'm the best player. Play well. I'm one of the very best uh, players of football in the world. I give us the best chance to win. And ergo, I will do that in the big spot. Tom Brady really is so competitive, so creepy competitive. He's the kid in the neighborhood when you're playing wiffle ball. If you struck him out, he slams the bat down home. and walks home. He's that guy. Um, and I think it is that he really is like, I really don't care if it's Sony Michelle or if it's James White or whatever it is. I don't care. Any, I say, Oh, did we win? Awesome. I celebrate the same as if I threw five touchdowns. Well, I think you, you, you alluded to it, right? And just kind of how loose he was with the ball in the Kansas City game and the fact that they probably shouldn't have even been there. I mean, D4 moves back two inches and they're not there, right? So I almost wonder if Belichick, you know, says to McDaniels, hey, look, I think, I think we're going to twist Goff's brain into a pretzel. So let's, whatever we do, I want them getting no short fields. And by short fields, I mean their freaking kicker can boot 60-yard field goals. So we will punt and we will cover. And when that field flips our way, we'll kick field goals and we'll, you know, maybe get a touch. You know, I think that was their plan of attack. You know, there were very few shots taken. And it's not like Tom Brady was taking shots all season long, which is what drives you crazy as a fan of a mm -hmm. team that's facing them. It's like, would you get up on the line of scrimmage already and let, if these guys beat you over the top, fine, beat us. But they, uh, all these teams that play them, allow them to cut them to pieces underneath. And I think that was part of the game plan. So I, I do think that the, you know, and we'll never know, but I, I, cause they would never say that publicly like, well, you know, Tom, uh, he got a little loose with it in that Kansas city game. So we wanted to take the ball out of his hands and just make sure we played it safe. Cause we had that much faith in our defense. They would never say that, but I do think that was probably the case is they were like, they can't move the ball against us. They, they can do. That's why the whole, well, they only scored 13 points and it was 10 to three. And it's like, yeah, by design, 
Yeah, when, when you're choking a team out and you recognize they have no hope, then you're going to your game plan is going to adjust, you know, and that's like I remember last year when the Eagles beat the uh, the Chargers in L.A., not this past season, the season prior. Like, hey, you know, Chargers were in that thing, though, right till the end. I was like, no, they weren't. No, they no, they weren't. Don't you remember the final drive when they were just running the ball in 12 consecutive plays to kill the clock when there were eight minutes on it? No, they, they could have won that game by 14. It's it's game script that maybe keeps it a one score game. So I, I, I agree with you to a degree that I feel like that Belichick identified that exactly right, that we really don't match up with this team uh, piece for piece. And that I, I, that certainly makes sense that the game was, I mean, three nothing at the half and then three, three going into the fourth quarter and, and all that, that being said, the Rams have the ball in the fourth quarter and Todd Gurley gashes him a little bit and gets it inside the 45 yard line. There's 11 and a half minutes left in the oh, game. Yeah. By the time they take their next snap, they're under 11 minutes left in the Super Bowl. And as you mentioned, you have Greg DeLeg on your side. They make they make eh, five or 10 more yards there. They probably get out of that drive at worst at 6-3, and they have a chance to, to go in there. Instead, the holding call, which was a phantom call, was a terrible call. It was. There, there was just nothing there. Don't, it fell don't over don't the guy. Don't at all. And by the way, that was another one of those electric Todd Gurley runs where you saw him make right. that jump cut lateral and explode, which is going back to our conversation about how and we'll never know but I'm just saying like there were those moments where you're like okay do do that more please do that more Sean McVay because clearly we've seen it enough times now that it's working and uh but I'm with you I I don't know what happens if that call is not brought back as it was so they even with that they wind up third and 22 when Goff took that super terrible sack yeah the uh, a horrendous say so then on third down they just kind of wave the white flag and hand it to Gurley in that spot why not throw their own deep ball as they did on second down Didn't there trust him just unco- but I'm so what so if it gets intercepted it's the same as a punt and you might get a PI there I mean how many times have we seen a QB standing that ba- standing back there holding it for the extra split second so he can uncork the deep ball and then be the recipient of a Wait, you, the what, pass was the, or what was the play right before what did you just say I think it was a deep ball up the left side. No, it was line. the bad sack, right? Oh, it was like the bad sack. I'm, I'm trying to think. That's what I'm saying. Like that's yeah. that that speaks to how just discombobulated and out of sorts golf was. But so didn't I think he throw it to Cooks too so up the left sideline. Yeah, that was another right. bad throw. And by that him. was almost a pi though too. It also looked like I mean you know on those 50-50 balls that's uh, the Baltimore Ravens of the last decade. Well, it's like yeah, let's see what happens with that. The, Do that in that spot instead of run hand the ball to Gurley. I think it's you know again tight game you. and it's like. Let's we we still got a shot here. That deep ball at the left side too was another kind of similar play to the Cooks one, like where he just was not ready for Cooks to be open. Uh, Josh Reynolds was wide open. Yeah. He did like a deep in just route. Oh, is that he right? Would, they would have been at minimum like the twenty yard line with like you know with what how many eleven minutes left or whatever. And he and he just threw it to double coverage on the left side. Like uh, Goff was just not right. I had a great moment on that play uh, at my house. I was watching it with a friend of mine, Jr., who's a huge Rams fan, born and raised in L.A. Like never stopped rooting. Form when they went to St. Louis, one of those fans, and uh, he screams, "P.I." People are wrong, by the way. You don't continue uh, to root for a team when they leave town. But anyway, well, right. you good for Jr. For History a team when you left town. Not, that's none of your business. What? Right? What I did? You continue. I to went root out the, for a team when you left town because I had to spread the good word about black and gold. That's don't not, you understand? No, you, I was a missionary. You, <laughs> I am a missionary. All right, continue. He, uh, You're fraudulent. He screams, "P.I.," and then immediately goes. 
Apologize. Rams fan can't scream for PI in any game. My apologies. <laughs> and it was sincere. He like caught himself in the moment. I was like, thank you, JR. That's good self-awareness Classy. right there. Well Classy. done. Well but done. Then, but then also for golf, you're exactly right. But still, that, well, listen, that's what Willie McGinnis told us eight years ago, and it remains true. Every game that the Patriots play is predicated on the a, a couple of moments in every game, and they will be disciplined enough, and they will win more of those than they lose those, those 50-50 kind of decisions that are made um, and that's what served them but still back to where we started this show Jared Goff dropped it in Brandon Cook's breadbasket you would have had a tie game with uh, with um, with four minutes left and you know give the ball to 12 maybe he drives them down and they get three anyway but still um, you know anyway. what's funny about that though like about that and I keep pushing back and god Rams fans must hate me but when does Brandon Cooks make that play like that's not his thing man his, no, that, his, no, his thing is I'm faster than you and I'm going to get behind you and I'm going to catch it when he's got to deal with 50, 50 balls. And that just ain't his thing. No, you're right. You know, no, so. that's right. But, but then that goes back to my point that they don't have that on the exactly. roster. Well, they got point. Robert Woods. Like I, to me, he's, I guess, yeah, I think he is at every bit as important as, as crazy as it might sound as Todd Gurley. That guy comes up with one big catch after another. He's a great blocking. That's the other thing too, by the way. Um, that like the the one great thing by bringing those linebackers up and putting them on the line of scrimmage, you know what Flores and Belichick did was say, "Hey, these weenie wide receivers that you've been using to block because you don't have a fullback and you have no tight ends that can block, guess what we're gonna do to them? We're gonna destroy them. And if you watch, if like you don't pay attention to if if you go back and watch through the game." You will see Pat Chung chucking Josh Reynolds and Hightower wrecking Woods. And, and like that was also a big thing when they're running outside, they count on those wideouts. And the only one that can really do it is Woods. Um, and even he was really struggling with that. But I think that's why he's so important to what McVay and, and they want to do there. And he wasn't able to do it. And that's why they weren't able to get that run game going because they were like, whatever, you're, you're going to try to block us with the wide receivers. No. No, that's that's not going to happen. So adjust, figure something else out. And they just they couldn't. Interesting. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm interested in that. I still, though, think that it it kind of proves my point, which is that, oh, 30 is not going to. We know before the kickoff that 30 is not going to to kill us. And so and, and you're right that. I don't, but I just don't know that what McVeigh would do. He must know something, or maybe it's just his philosophy. But you have 16 under center all season. It would be weird if all of a sudden, like, hey, Goff, oh, I, I want you, you to see. I want you to see everything. I think you, they should have though. I think they should have done something like that, and at least given the kid a chance to see what was coming at him. He was turning around and seeing something he'd never seen before, which was got all season long, which face. was guys bearing down on him, and he was on the back foot a lot but of the time. But to some degree, that kind of was. You know, the if you go back to the Lions game, right? I mean, if you go through Goff's numbers from that game on, they're not great. You know, I mean, they're they're just not. I don't know what the totals are, but on the sheet, he's 29th versus pressure on the last eight games. Oh, there you go. Seven touchdowns, eight interceptions. Then his last yeah. game. So he had a so bad half season. You would think that Once you they would, lost Cup, too. Yeah. I think that is that's the biggest when also, thing. It's, it's but also, so hard when for did, me to when did Todd Gurley get hurt again? When did. Oh, did that 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 golf went downhill after Gurley went out? Right. I yeah. was right. Say, right. That's offense, my point. That's the offense it. without a healthy healthy Gurley and Cup, who's like his version of like Zach Ertz, basically the the safety blanket. There, he is not. Golf is not the same. Um. Okay. Uh. Spaghetti, you jump in here too. Better shot. Let's go fast action here, and we'll get to Heinz Ward, and we'll let uh, money get out of here. Uh. Better shot to get to Super Bowl Fifty Four. Rams or Patriots? 
I'm, I mean, Rams are more talented. If they can get Tlaib and Sue to stay in, like, another deal, one-year deal, like, hey, we got this close, just stay around, like, give us them, uh, you know, I don't know. I think the talent on paper is better. I just will like... always against the Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, I have, finally I mean, come I, to that. Yeah. I mean, what division do you think is tougher? I mean, listen, yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll take the Patriots right? now. I'm not, I'm, I, I'm not, but, I'm not but gonna, I don't know. I, I don't, you know, do you believe in Seattle? Like, I think it's, I think that's kind of the ultimate question. Do you buy Seattle? Because I don't suspect that Arizona is going to be formidable this year. I, you know, I don't know what to do with the 49ers. I think the they Niners have, are going to be. I think so too. I mean, if, if Jimmy can stay healthy, I think they're, you know, it's a pretty good looking team. What if they wind up with 84? Right. A-B. So, I mean, I guess that's the way I look at it. Do you have faith in the Dolphins, Jets or Bills? Not, More not. so than last year. Dolphins getting Flores, another year with Brown and Darnold. I just don't trust Tannehill. I, mean, the I don't know if Darnold's thing I don't ready care yet. About. Well, it sounds like Tannehill's not going to be there. Maybe they go Flacco. I don't know what they're going to do yeah. down there. Um, Tyler so, Murray. Sir, well, it could be. So your pick is uh, the So my Patriots. pick would be the Pats just because of the division. I think it's, uh, it's an easier path for them to win that division. Of all the dumb things that we do, and we do many dumb things. This is the dumbest. The dumbest one of them all that I love to do is, let's get to it, Matt Money Smith. Okay. And you too, Eddie Spaghetti, behind the glass. Your Super Bowl 54 matchup is. Well, this it puts me in a, I mean, I have to take the Chargers, right? Uh, yeah, I guess so. That's the That's problem. No fun. So in the NFC, the NFC representative. Let's say we that the, 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 the LA Chargers are, are. I don't know if we can play that game. What do you I mean? mean? How about just give money your AFC title game? Oh, there we go. Yeah. Let's see All right. Enough. Yeah, that's we can that, figure it out. For that's uh, but we'll I still have to put the Chargers. <laughs> All right, they're in the title game, which is Fine. not a bad pick. I yeah. might have to go that way too. Yeah, I'll go. Uh, uh, let's see. I will go. Chargers Colts. Have you heard any whisper? In the AFC Championship Ooh, game. Ooh, that's Chargers, a fun Colts. one. Why? Because Levy and Bell's on, uh, in the backfield. I think Bell's in the backfield. Do you really? I do. And I, think, I don't think no, they wouldn't do that. Think about how perfect a match that is, man. I agree. I think, I think to me that is that's the piece. Mm. Do you I really think that. that that the way they have kind of you think the way that Ballard has has built things in his year? Do you I mean, think that a, makes the twenty six is the to me it's a young team, make? but at the same time it's a team that needs something like that. Mm. You know, I think I think that's I don't know why you wouldn't like that makes so much more sense to me than Bell on the Jets. You know, Sam Darnold's not ready yet. He's second year quarterback. Those guys, you know, I mean, look, yeah, it worked for Mahomes, but. I think that's asking a lot with all the needs the Jets have. I mean, they need to rebuild that line. They need wide receivers. They Like, you look but at the Colts, if they can get that one with that offensive line. I like how money gets a hushed tone when he's made my life. Uh, that's, a, that's embarrassing. If they can get Bell. No, that's the way I do. Right. That, that's not embarrassing. It's no. just like I do. That means there you go. You're you're anyway. So there you go. I think you I think that I think the Jets see to me, I feel like there are whispers about Bell and I have no doubt. Though Let me say this. There, I have no doubt that Le'Veon Bell will get the amount of money that he wants somewhere in the ballpark. I'm with you. There's no doubt that he won't have many suitors for his services. However, I do doubt that a team like the Colts, as constructed, are going to do that. It's going to be a team that wants to make a splash. I think it's going to be the Jets or the Bucks or the Dolphins. I think those are more likely options for him. Yeah. Not somebody who thinks like, hey, we're Super Bowl bound if we get Levy and Bell. And I, don't I guess think, for I don't Bell, think he's just going to the highest bidder. Yes. that's that a, There's no two ways about it. According to our pal Maurice, yeah. that's Well, because exactly why, why else would you hold out? You're 
you're not holding out to go to a contender. You could have done that in Pittsburgh. You could have played for a contender. So you're going to get your $60 million contract, whoever and, will give it to you. And, and who will it be? The chip on the shoulder Jets, who always feel like the little brother to, to brother to the Giants. That's a place that makes sense. Antonio Brown, where's he? I think he's in Pittsburgh. Do you? I do. They might resolve that. I, I do. I think they, they will. Might. I think they will. I am starting to lean in that direction. Some uh, some news emerging at the time of our recording that might scuttle that. But then it also, from a business standpoint, obviously not as important as the personal stuff. But uh, from a business standpoint, if you can only get a second for him, given his oddball stuff that's gone on in the last couple of months, I don't know that uh, that there's the one- anybody who's going to I. I, I am skeptical that there's a team out there that will offer up a first. However, the one chance it would be that it's one of those teams that wants to make a little bit of a splash and get some heat PR wise. Like, hey, we got this guy. And the Raiders got three firsts. I know. David you know, Carr, David Carr you, says that that's not a fit. Then he must know something. That well, I would John imagine that. Yeah. that. I mean, to me, I, I hope I hope uh, you're right. The one reason why they can afford it. I mean, look who, look who I'm talking to. You know better than I. But I think Juju's a number one. I do. I think he's legitimately a number one receiver. And if you feel like he's a one, then you can afford, go get rid of him then. You know, find find support for Juju. He's a one. He'll command a double team. You know, you're good. Well, so we're that's, play, that's what they'll we're, figure we're out. We're about to play some sound from Heinz Ward and what he gets at. And it's, you know, all this stuff about discipline and coming together and not talking into the wrong microphones and talking about this or that. But and discipline and, you know, uh, you know, leaving everything in the locker room, all that stuff. But the thing that stood out to me was we got to get back to physical. We got to get back to physical. And for all the stuff around Edelman and for as much as I say and remain mystified how Belichick cooks up these defenses that can take everything away money you keep hammering that point and that's the truth they physically why did the Patriots win the Super Bowl in January here after in December they lose back-to-back games what's going on they went physical they, they said not out of everybody they said 26 is our most important player on offense now we're going to use that offensive line I think that is what uh, uh, they can get by less splash for uh, for black and gold in uh, 2019 I think would serve them well I think Heinz Ward is right about that and perhaps this tips Belichick like uh, like um well, I'm going to skip my uh, analogy, but instead, yes, Belichick is always five years ahead of the curve on these things. Follow his lead. It will serve you well. Get back to physical ball, um, and I think uh, they would do well. I also think the Steelers should assign C.J. Anderson. See, I can always turn it back to the Steelers. I don't know if you – So who's would, your Super Bowl pick? My Super Bowl pick – I want to hear Spaghetti's first because I have to think of mine. Uh, AFC, don't you dare say Giants. AFC, I'm not. Do a- it. I'm not going to say the Giants. I dare a- you. A- There's literally news just came across the most likely scenarios that Eli is still the uh, starting quarterback. I, I don't, yeah. don't want to get there. We go. Congrats, bro. Not, He's your guy. No, no, Look at these stats. No. Donald. 2017 Haskins 2018 Which one would you rather have? We got Saquon. We also got three wins. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> My AFC title game pick, Texans, Chiefs. Chiefs make it to the Super Bowl. And NFC, I'm going to go Rams make it back to the title game. Um, but I like the Vikings in a rebound year. I think they're a complete team. Vikings make the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So Vikings, uh, Chiefs. Uh, I haven't uh, thought about this. Uh, See, one both way. those teams got serious free agency issues. The Rams have, what, Joyner, Sue, Tlaib, Tlaib, um, they went all. They, they really went did all go in all this in. year. This yeah. was supposed yeah. to be it. 
And it's, so that's you got to hope for the discount. I mean, they're probably not Chiefs. No. I know with D four, there's as not well, but, people like this is where we are in between the playoffs and free agency. Is like, yeah, I mean, I I, I think he likes the culture in uh, in our uh, on our football team. So was, that never happens. <laughs> they no. ever do that. It's like, oh no, they'll they'll, they'll pay me five hundred k more next year. I'll go there. Then. I just don't know if someone's gonna fall for it with Sue. You know, happened in Detroit. He gets the big contract. Miami's miserable with him. They cut him. He gets the one-year deal, and he just kind of meanders through the season until the final few games. And then it's like, holy crap, that guy's really good. And it's like, eh, I'm not going to fall for this again. Ain't ain't happening. Not not giving you the $100 million. So maybe the Rams do, you know, make him a, a solid offer and hope that he plays an entire season or just does what he does, you know, which is come alive in the postseason and let Darnold just wreck shop all season long. I am going to say that your Super Bowl team from the NFC next year will be, as I run through them, oh, here it is. Ready? I, now, I deserve it. All right, hold on. Now, let me try to guess because I didn't pick an NFC team. So you're not picking the Rams. Uh, I have a team in mind. I know exactly who it is. No, because you don't believe in Trubisky, so you wouldn't take the Bears. East. I'm going to give you a clue. I just threw you a curveball when I talked about 126, not Michelle. And I'm not talking uh, and uh, or or Saquon. Saquon. I'm talking. I'm talking about the other 26. The 26. I threw a curveball. Team looking for a splash. Team looking for not. My guess. This is not a team that you would describe as needing to make a splash to get uh, a little bit of attention. Well, I guess if the Bears signed 26. Yeah, they're all set there. My guess for a team would have been the Falcons, but I don't know what you mean by 26. Mm. I like the Falcons on a rebound, too. I'm talking about Levy and Bell. What do you mean, who am I talking I about? Yeah, no, I'm trying to figure out who would team, sign them yeah. and make them an instant contender. I'm going through all the teams. I guess the Panthers. Oh, no, they the, got McCaffrey. That's a good the one. Eagles. They got uh, the Eagles. Eagles are good. The uh, Eagles would be a yeah, good got, one. I could see that Zeke. happening. You got uh, China. It's the team that everybody has completely forgotten about, despite the fact that they still have. Is it the Seahawks? Uh, The most talented quarterback of all time. It's the Green Bay Packers. Packers. And I like the Colts. I think money is probably right that in my brain, it's the Colts. Maybe it'll be the Chiefs. Maybe they will bounce back. I suspect that uh, Mahomes in year three regresses just a scooch i think he's great i think he's uh you know he's he's top three qb but i think he doesn't have the astronomical numbers because they will build up that defense more they will find a running game they won't be in shootouts ergo he's not going to put up those prolific numbers um in year three like he did this one they're going to be good but I have to go with the Steelers because I'm a Steelers. Yeah, what go. do you want me to do? I got. Don't shake your head at me, Spaghetti. Nah, there's no way. The Browns are going to win the division. Come on, wake up, that. everybody. So you're going Packers, Steelers, Super Bowl. Well, I'm going Packers, and in, in in my brain, I would say it's sure. the Colts. I think it's the Colts. But okay. I, what am I going to say? I'm not. I'm not uh, uh, an employee of the Steelers like you are of the Chargers. But I'm required. None of us in took my the cheese, heart by the to way. say it. What's the Chiefs that? who should have been no, there. No, I said Chiefs. And, oh, you did. I said Chiefs beat the Texans in the title game. There the Chiefs, go. Vikings, okay. Super Bowl. It just doesn't go that way. It just doesn't go. Right? It, it just doesn't break that way. It's easy to, to, like, I can't imagine any other team beating the Chiefs. Yeah, well, that's good. That's because you're, uh, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're still looking. drunk on uh, on the booze of the season. <laughs> but in the offseason, things change and chemistry changes. Mahomes is the that. new Rodgers. He's way, he's so immensely talented. And they're, if they let D Ford go, who cares? They were the lead in the league in sacks. The defense was still awful. They'll, yeah, but D Ford was the way, big Clay Matthews. But they were still big, awful. By the way, the secondary was terrible. Packers lose Clay Matthews' contract this year. That gives them more money to spend. That back end is suddenly a position of great strength for them with the youth that they have. 
have there in Green Bay. And if they add Levy and Bell um, behind Aaron Rodgers, I mean, just yeah. I mean, what, what, what do you need? Devontae right. Adams and that's it. Well, you, start, you started by saying this is the stupidest thing we do, just because you think of the big names in free agency or the trade market that are available and how much that will swing based on where Bell goes if Brown gets moved to contending teams, right? Earl Thomas, like just imagine if the Chargers sign Earl Thomas and they solve that free safety position that burned them all season long, my God, that defense, that's that was the one hole, you know, or if they can actually get a viable middle linebacker. Like, so I'm just talking about the teams that were close, you know, the Chiefs, if they're able to get a dominant lockdown corner and Eric Berry is healthy and back, then it's like, okay, well, that's that's what they were missing. Now you're screwed. You're not you're not going to outscore them in any game. There's just so many little things. Well, I did talk to your pal Derwin James, who's a delightful young guy and in is only uh, a rising force as dominant as he was in his rookie season. He is going to be um, better in year two. That defense. I mean, imagine now. What if Jason Verrett comes back with uh, Hayward on the other side? I mean, I could, see, I could see them. So, like for me, it's that safety. If they can, if somehow Gus can convince Earl Thomas to come down and play that position and he's healthy and you don't have to worry about ever putting Derwin James up there. It's like, hey, you are Derwin, you are free to run amok and just create chaos because Earl's got it locked down high. That's to me what he, would change everything. He's interesting. For them. He's a humble guy. He's soft spoken, but is definitely when you press him brassy about stuff. I say, who's the rookie of the year? But Derwin James cannot get a vote. Who gets rookie of the year in uh, 2018? He's like Derwin James. I said, no, no, I don't think he understood the question, friend. Again, he's like, I, I, I'm not going to say anyone but me. He's, uh, I, it's only me, and uh, that's the kind of swagger he's got. He's got the understated swagger. I'll tell I, you, uh, I don't know if I'm supposed to share this story, but I will. I don't think I'll get in trouble for it. But one of the coaches on the Chargers, uh, when he was when he got the All Pro nod, you know, for two positions, defensive back and safety, first team or first team safety, second team defensive back that they've added because there's so much nickel being played now. Um, he said, I was standing. When uh, one of the one of the lower level assistants said to Derwin, "Hey Derwin, now you're not gonna you're not gonna get big head on it on us, are you? Now that you got uh, the all pro stuff, right? You know." And he and he sincerely looked at the guy and goes, "Well, well why would I? I mean, people have been telling me I'm the best player on the field my whole life." It's, it's and he was crazy. just completely sincere, like, "No, you don't have to worry about that. I've been." That's what people tell me every day. They tell me I'm the best football player on the field. So this is, yeah, this is but nothing that new. Was, that was before <laughs> he and I got together. And uh, and um, the Kikasso, the so-called Kikasso, the man who paints uh, the sneakers and did all the my uh, cleats, my cause for Odell Beckham and everything else, created uh, customized shoes for Derwin and for Dave Damashek. And uh, now he's got those on his. So that might get a big hit. I'll have to ask. You him. can go back and look at uh, at all that stuff. NFL.com/slash/ddfp. It was. A positively gay week as it always is down there nine years bang in, up job is possibly lucky to get to to do that stuff i believe me if you're thinking how did that schnook get it i don't know either it's weird it's uh and matt money smith uh as modest as he has had a big uh, role in uh, in helping me get to a spot like that it's ridiculous but anyway i i know it's absurd now that conversation the last five minutes was uh, was great because you know what i am now i'm excited for the 2019 season here we go combine and free agency Combined. and draft we're not going anywhere you know what tom brady's still here and so too is the ddfp all through the off season yeah we may not focus as much on uh the game of football as we do on the game of life but we'll be here with you and to help you look ahead a little bit more now take it away 
our guy, Heinz Ward, we ran into him uh, down on the field and we said, let's look forward here. Your team now has six trophies. Tom Brady now has six. Where do we go from here, Heinz? Take a listen to that. my guy hey i was wondering no patriots wanted to do it do you want a jersey swap with me that's what's in vogue in the 21st century <laughs> i would trade with you anytime this is awesome here <laughs> yeah it's a nice one right it is i like it i like it uh, how do you feel about these patriots man well listen yeah i i'm older than you are and to be honest with you i'm kind of bummed that the franchise that was the you know the pinnacle of it was the best pro football franchise yeah. for you know most of my life yeah. now one guy has as many Lombardis exactly. as the entire organization what do you think that just speaks about Tom Brady that's why he, he would go down as the greatest to ever play I mean he's single-handedly Tom Brady does more wins more with less talent than any quarterback that I ever known right I mean the guy Edelman misses four games Gronk is hurt throughout the whole year he just finds a way to keep plugging in plugging in and time and time again you just keep seeing this confetti fall down on Tom Brady and the Patriots and Belichick and I just don't get it it's the Patriots way but somebody has to dethrone these guys it is I listen I respect it <laughs> yeah. but like you doesn't mean either one of us has to like correct, it correct I don't like being out on this field seeing this red white and blue trust me somebody got to dethrone these Patriots but uh you know what we witnessed greatness anytime I was blessed to to watch Jordan when he played I was blessed to play against Tom Brady and still seeing him do it at the age of 41. I'm 42. I want no parts of this at all. But for Tom Brady to be 41, man, I, I can't do nothing but tip my hat off to him. The guy has been putting in a lot of work, and uh, all the hard work is starting to pay out for him. Well, 86, the season doesn't end the way uh, Steelers fans would like, but the season is now, in fact, over. I know you've been buzzing about it a lot. Give me one fix that would right the ship and make the Steelers legitimate contenders and uh, maybe be standing in a similar uh, headspace and uh, on this on the Super Bowl field uh, one year from tonight. Uh, everybody's got to look themselves in the mirror, and it's all about accountability. It's all about accountability. Leave the drama off the field. Let's get back to just lining up and, and knocking people in the mouth and winning games. That's what the Pittsburgh Steelers is all about. We're not known for drama. We beat the Patriots. So we should, we're just as good as they are to be here in this position. But we can't get there when we're having drama off the field. Just can't do it. Last question for you. I mean, I hear you say it. It's mystifying legitimately. I don't know the X's and O's on the level you do. What is it? Is it voodoo? What does Belichick do? How does he get these guys, undrafted free agents and otherwise, to take away another high-end offense like they did the Chiefs two weeks ago. It's the Patriots way. They all buy into what Coach Belichick is sipping on, and everybody's drinking that Kool-Aid, man. And, and you're starting to see it's paying off on the football field. There we go. Nice nice job, 86. Good way to wrap it up. Nice job, Matt Money-Smith, Willie McGinnis, Brian Allen, everybody else who uh, bothered to kibitz with us at the Super Bowl and, uh, and beyond. We'll be back with another episode for you later on in the week. In the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. Oh, 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 stop it. Dwayne Haskins will rescue my team and take us to the title. The MVP of Super Bowl week. Drum roll, please.
Eddie Spaghetti. That's who it was. Eddie Spaghetti back here. Everybody else tripping the light fantastic in Atlanta, going, rubbing elbows with this, that, and the other, getting to do all the fun stuff, glad hand with Saquon, get to meet all these uh, high-end guys. Eddie Spaghetti back here in Culver City, turning around all the videos, doing it for us. What is this, uh, 13 days in a row you've worked, something like that? I've worked, yeah, 13 out of the last 14 days. Back here. And what's MVP doing? Hobnobbing with John Hamm on a red carpet. That's snapping exactly selfies. Right. That's exactly right. Well Eddie done, Spaghetti, Eddie. You are the most Thank valuable you, player right. to the DDFP, nay, to NFL media. All right, now play the music out there. And Ty Giddens and, uh, and Kent Brown, all the other schnooks. Cam and Matt helped out a lot, too. Okay. All right. What, I, what, we what else you got? Game check. You better come up with something that's quick. It, that's it. I'm gonna. Oh, uh, there's a new Dave's of Thunder. Listen to Petros and Money at your leisure. Um, Ken Brown about to become prominent with the draft uh, process getting going here. We'll talk to you later in the week. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 